Entering the world of stock market could be a scary event. Back in the day, people would be surrounding the place at Wall Street waiting to get the best stock exchange. Now, all you gotta do is have access to your smartphone and open the stock app. Now, don't get me wrong, it's still scary to enter the world of stocks, but nothing scarier than opening your account and seeing negatives and red dots all over the screen. So let's catch up on what the world thinks and what they're doing about cryptocurrency and all its digital stocks in the market. The UK crypto lending platform, Celsius, froze all withdrawals due to liquidity issues causing widespread panic in the market and causing traders to pull their money out of other exchanges. Celsius held over $11 billion in assets on its platform and offered to return as high as 18% of funds deposited on its platform, a rate in hindsight investors found too good to be true. Kraken announced on Tuesday, June 14th, that it was hiring for 500 roles at the cryptocurrency exchange despite the company's laying off employees in waves. Regardless, the positive news was accompanied by a bizarre tweet done by Kraken CEO Jesse Powell that targeted some employees inside the company for disagreeing with the company culture and calling issues like preferred pronouns and which race can say the n-word first world problems. More Americans are buying and spending cryptocurrency, leading to a big spike in crypto crime. An estimated 34 million Americans own cryptocurrency, and its payment value is expected to spike about 70% this year alone, prompting officials to urge users to watch out for scammers, ignore unsolicited emails and messages, and if you own a lot of crypto, get yourself a vault or cold storage as it's called in the cyber world. Elon Musk and two of his companies, Tesla and SpaceX, are facing a $258 billion lawsuit for promoting the cryptocurrency, Dogecoin. There are two sides of the coin, or crypto coin in this case. So in this episode, I'm going to be talking about cryptocurrency and how it was formulated, how it got into the stock market, and how it is affecting us in the modern day. Remember y'all, all information has been gathered from various sources for educational and informative purposes. Also, don't be shy, sharing is caring. So if you find this information great, spread the word out so others can be informed as well. Now, without further ado, I'm Joyce Grace, and this is Shots of Endorphins. Cryptocurrency is not easy money. I want to first start with this because, for those of you that think it is, there's a lot more to it than meets the eye. Frankly, you need to keep your eye on this invisible money so you don't lose it. And being quite honest, many people actually take it as if this is another gambling game. And if you think about it, it kind of is. You have to analyze each step and what currency you would like to invest in. And once you have an eye on the prize, you put your money on it, waiting in anticipation whether it was a hit or miss decision. One night, you can probably invest $100 on a currency and think nothing about it. And the next morning, you could wake up with a 60% investment that increased overnight, and vice versa. But that doesn't mean you should treat it as such. It takes a lot of analyzation, preservation, and a tad bit of luck to invest. 
Sometimes it takes months or even years to see the actual progress of your stock. Now, let's go to the very beginning of it all. We all know that the stock market first began in Europe. And for those of you that don't, well, it started in Belgium in 1531, where brokers and moneylenders would meet there to deal with businesses, governments, and even individual debt issues. It's weird to think of a stock exchange that dealt exclusively in promissory notes and bonds, but in the 1500s, there were no real stocks. From there on, in the years it started spreading to other countries like France and India and so on and so forth until it arrived in the US, specifically New York City. Fast forwarding to near times, before cryptocurrency was introduced into the industry of the stock market, Digit Cash, the first known electronic cash company, was founded in 1990. Later, more established money transfer companies such as PayPal provided users with an online money transfer service. However, although the concept of a decentralized digital currency operating in a manner similar to Bitcoin was proposed as early as 1998, the plans were never implemented, in part because of an inability to ensure the transactions were secure and verifiable. Based on the 2008 white paper written by an anonymous programmer working under the pseudonym Satoshi Nakamoto, the Bitcoin software was implemented as an open source code and was released in January 2009. But no one really knows who Satoshi was, or if they really existed, only that they were a Japanese male, or at least according to his P2P foundation profile, though in reality, no one has ever seen him or some even speculate that it might have been a group of people working together to create the most renowned cryptocurrency there is today. However, the little bit of information I was able to gather stated that Nakamoto began coding the first implementation of Bitcoin in May of 2007, which later titled Bitcoin a peer-to-peer -peer electronic cash system. By January 2009, Nakamoto finally officially open-sourced the code base and launched the Bitcoin network it debuted to little fanfare. Now before I continue, let me explain what a blockchain is. It is a digital database containing information such as records of financial transactions that can be simultaneously used and shared within a large decentralized publicly accessible network. Now, if you're more confused, join the club. It took me a while to fully understand it as well, but the idea of a blockchain is basically like a never-ending list of records or information that are called blocks that connect all transactions on the network using cryptography. So without a blockchain, the concept couldn't be secure enough to work. Blockchain also opened doors to collect bitcoins in what is called mining. There's obviously more to this concept, but if I spend my time I'm explaining piece by piece of a blockchain, I think we're never going to end this episode at all. So now that Bitcoin was introduced into the market, although it wasn't much later that it actually hit a boom and its value started to rise, other cryptocurrencies had started to surface by 2011, which were often known as altcoins. These alternate coins were forks of Bitcoins using the open source code and were intended to improve upon certain elements of the Bitcoin design, such as speed and anonymity. Along with competitors, 
Bitcoin's increasing popularity led to the creation of an online infrastructure for users to trade and store their Bitcoins, with the first Bitcoin exchange being launched. A number of other notable cryptocurrencies were released in 2014 and 2015, including NEO and Ethereum, two of the first platforms that enabled the development of smart contracts on the blockchain and IOTA, a cryptocurrency intended to interact with the Internet of Things. During this time, Bitcoin continued to improve, with its very first Bitcoin ATM opening in February 2014. By September 2017, an estimated 1,500 Bitcoin ATMs were in existence worldwide, with Ethereum ATMs also gaining prominence in 2017. In addition, in 2015, US-based Coinbase became the first regulated Bitcoin exchange. Great stuff, right? The mechanism of how this digital coin was created is absolutely amazing. Knowing we can now purchase this invisible cash and use it as earnings can and is currently bringing such huge prospects into our present and future, including many online stores accepting Bitcoin as exchange for regular currencies, seeing goals for local physical stores that have began within recent years accepting Bitcoin. So now that you've learned how cryptocurrency was made, let's see how this will affect us and not just what I just mentioned. I would like you all to take a sec and listen to this. Hi, this is Gary Genzer and welcome back to office hours. What does the SEC have to do with crypto? And why is the chair of the SEC talking about crypto? Now, technology has come along decade after decade, but those that have a chance to thrive, grow, come within a public policy framework. To be clear, I think that the SEC should be technology neutral. But one thing we're not neutral on is investor protection. Our agency, the SEC, has had rules for decades to protect people when companies want to raise money from them or when we as investors buy and sell securities on an exchange like the New York Stock Exchange. But you see, crypto trading platforms, crypto lending platforms don't have the same level of investor protection that you've come to expect buying and selling stocks on a stock exchange or investing in a mutual fund or a 401k. In the years since Bitcoin was started, literally thousands of other tokens have been launched, many of which traded on platforms may well be securities under our laws. That means if the platforms and certain of the tokens don't register with the SEC, they're non-compliant with the important federal protections in our laws. So I've asked staff the SEC to use all of our authorities anywhere we can to uncover any wrongdoing. Our authorities aren't enough. I've also recommended to Congress for them to consider filling those gaps with the goal of investor protection. To those currently or considering investing in crypto, please remember, not only are they a highly speculative asset class, but there are also significant gaps in the investor protection afforded to you. I think that moving forward, promoting investor protection is not only good for you and for anyone who would consider investing in these assets. I think that it's the only real viable path forward for this nascent technology. See, at the heart of finance is trust. And trust 
rests on investor protection. And so that's what the SEC has to do with crypto, investor protection. What does Gensler mean in this audio? It means more security in investing, which is not a bad thing, but that can also entail more restrictions like everything if you think about it. So if you want to invest in a certain cryptocurrency, there might be a chance that it might be restricted or forbidden to buy. So now, we're dealing with having our currency compromised and taxed to the T, not that we aren't already with the platform base we use to buy the actual currency, and monitoring our every finance that we invest in and the moment you gain and or lose it. However, can cryptocurrency like Bitcoin be regulated? Cryptocurrency was created with the main goal of being decentralized and distributed to critical traits that might make or destroy Bitcoin's regulatory position. Bitcoin does not have a single controlling body because it is decentralized. It is governed by a set of different entities throughout the world, making it nearly hard for a single entity to gain complete control over the network and control it as they see fit. Currently, cryptocurrencies are subject to the U.S. SEC's purview for investing, the CTFC's authority for any offenses involving commercial activity, and the IRS's jurisdiction for income or capital gains taxes. Now, again, can Bitcoin be regulated? Yes. Yes, it can be. But can this create the chain of downfall for Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies? Well, analysts say that there are a couple of ways in which government intervention can influence the price of cryptocurrencies. First, governments can regulate the price of assets, such as fiat currencies, through buying and selling actions in international markets. Second, they can tap down excessive enthusiasm for an asset class by settling it with regulations that increase the cost of doing business. Lastly, governments can also make the assets scarce by imposing controls on it. Furthermore, this can also lead up to gaining advantage in progressing the New World Order, the Great Reset, so on and so forth. If y'all don't know what that is, check out the episode New World Order and I can explain to y'all what it means. Anywho, the downfall of the cryptocurrencies has been happening if y'all haven't noticed. Bitcoin was recently down by 60.8% from the year's high of 48,000 on March 28. Other coins like Ethereum dropped at almost 9% at $988 on Saturday. And remember y'all, by the time you hear this information, the cryptocurrency amount might have already changed. So all these events are probably happening because inflation, a war, a two-year-long pandemic, and supposedly global warming. Interesting, right? The real question of all questions is, why was this not done in the pandemic? Ask yourselves. There was a small hit, but not as this magnitude. There was a great hit on the stock market, huge inflations in everything, and now the cryptocurrency is going to the ground? There was so much ambiguity when the pandemic hit, and there was a point where the stock market crashed. But it quickly recuperated. We even have a war currently in play between two countries that have nothing to do with the rest of the world. And many politicians are blaming it on that and global warming. Could this be the next move for the new world order then? I'll leave that for you to decide.
there's nothing better than gaining knowledge. Like that saying goes, knowledge is gold. Hope y'all gained a better perspective of this interesting coin because all information has value. This episode on Shots of Endorphins was produced and scripted by me, Joyce Grace, and a shout out to my research team. Want more Shots of Endorphins? Well, you can visit and listen to the podcast at shotsofendorphins.com. You can leave comments, likes, and even help support us by clicking on the support tab as well. Also, you can follow and share the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching up Shots of Endorphins or subscribing to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or any other streaming services you're listening to. And when you do, don't forget to shoot me a greeting. It's nice to meet new people. As always, thanks for listening. And don't forget to smile.